The late night anger management class continues. This is Sports Rage Level 3. I am Gabe Lorenzi, the pips, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. Shout out to all of our radio affiliates around North America. And I know people are tuning in around the world as well. We're like the UFC. We're international, uh, baby. And speaking of the UFC, uh, great card last night. We called it. We said it was going to be a violent uh, card, and violence was definitely uh, on tap. I got to be honest, there was football games going on. There was a lot of stuff going on. And I got to rewatch the fight. I got to rewatch the main event. I can't like specifically tell you, boom, yeah, you know, should it have been a draw and stuff like that. From what I saw, I thought Figueredo was doing enough to win. But as I stated, I'm not one of these people. Like, if you're going to judge a fight, and I'm going to put my name on this, I have to have sat down and been like glued to it. And I really wasn't. It was one of those deals. I was like, oh, I need this. It was a USC game was going on. The USC game, the UCLA game. I had a bunch of college bets. I was watching the UFC. I was doing a podcast. There was a bunch of stuff going on at once. So, you know, you're watching the fights, but it's hard to judge. You know, I had the sound down, too. That's another thing. So the sound, but that helps judging, actually, because you judge it for yourself, right? So I had the sound down. But nevertheless, we swept the board because the fight was a draw, and we still won the parlay. We just won one less fight on the parlay. We had Oliviera. Uh, we had Kevin Holland. That Kevin Holland knockout of Jacare was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Like, it really was. Like, I, I've never really seen somebody in that position that Jacare found himself in. And I've seen thousands of fights, tens of thousands of fights, and I've never seen that. Like, Jacare was on his knees, and he bent backwards, and he was just, you know what I mean? He was literally like a T, like a T-ball. Like, the T, his head was like on a T. And Kevin Hall is just punching down on him. And you saw Jackeray was messed up, man. He was messed up after. Like, he was legitimately hurt. He was legitimately hurt. Speaking of messed up, the Buffalo Bills mess up the Pittsburgh Steelers tonight. The Buffalo Bills are circling the wagons right now. I think they're the second-best team in the AFC. They might be the second-best team in football. But the Pittsburgh Steelers still have a better record. And if I'm the Buffalo Bills... I wouldn't mind getting out of the spot that I'm in. The Bills are in a weird situation where it's tough for them to, to you know, to climb the the ranking, so to speak, the seats. You know, can they get past the three seed? The Bills will be a three or a four. Late night anger management class continues. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. some bad news for you. Uh, now, Marge, I'm waiting for the new XFL season. Who will win this year's million-dollar game? Who? Who? Honey. The X is for extreme. There is no XFL this year. The league folded. Who is it? Who told you? Last year's MVP. He sweeps up toenails at the beauty parlor. 
Late Night Anger Management Class. I am Renzi, level three. Ian Cameron will step up and in in a couple of moments. We'll get to the pipelines uh, momentarily here. Just a quick update of the uh, playoff standings. As we talked about, we gave you who would be playing who as of right now. Uh, but the Baltimore Ravens come into uh, tomorrow night's uh, football game. This is a must-win situation. Uh, this is a must-win situation uh, for the Ravens. The Ravens have been slumping as of late. Um, you look at the the landscape uh, right now. Now, listen, they got it done against Dallas, and they needed that game, yet there's no letting up right now. The AFC playoff picture is a crowded one. There's some good football teams. And it's actually there's a, there's a lucky thing that they actually added another playoff spot uh, this year. Otherwise, there'd be some good teams being left out. So that's my issue with this game tomorrow. I think Cleveland are the better team right now. I think Cleveland have something to prove to Baltimore, who have generally beaten them up. Not always. Cleveland beat them once last year. They split last year, but you know what I'm saying. Cleveland do have something to prove, not to the media, but to their division rivals, to step up and win a football game like this. Except Cleveland are playing with house money a little bit. Cleveland are 9-3. and three. They are comfortably in the playoffs right now. Baltimore are not. Baltimore are on the outside looking in uh, right now. So it's a, it's a must-win situation for Harbaugh and the Ravens. All right, speaking of Baltimore, we said we had a caller from Baltimore stepping up and in. Roman in Baltimore. What's going on, Roman? How you doing tonight? Yo, what's going on, dummy? I'm good. How are you? Good, good, good. What's what's going on? Man, you know, Lamar Jackson, he got this on he got this under control, man. You know, he's gonna take us to the playoffs this year. Don't worry about this Browns game, you know, we're coming in, we're stopping them, you know. And don't worry about it because we're going to beat them and we're going to win out and everything's going to go just fine. We're going to see all these teams in the playoffs. All right? I mean, what do you think? Well, one thing I'll tell you, the, the Ravens' schedule is manageable after. You get versus Jacksonville, versus the New York Giants, two home games in a row, and then at Cincinnati. So you know what? Baltimore really could run the table. They really could. And I'm, yeah, I can't lie. I was high about this game. I was like, I like the Browns. I like the Browns. But the desperation stats, you know, just the fact about how important this game is to the Ravens. And the Browns at 9-3, and three, they're not going to have that same killer instinct. It's a, it's, a, it's a tough game, but it's a big game for you guys. But I'll tell you what, I can't argue. You know, your schedule after this, you host Jacksonville, you host the Giants, you're at Cincinnati, all winnable games for the Ravens. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And Baker Mayfield, he a bitch dummy. I mean, he go in there all the time saying he hot shit. He ain't all right. And Jacksonville, I mean, I don't know what the they got going on, dummy. They, uh, yeah. I think yeah. we going to the <laughs> AFC championship. All right. And you're not going to the AFC championship. You're not going to the AFC championship. All right, let him go now Man, because you who, guys are gonna have to edit the this. Bills, Bills are a bit team. Bit team. They're better in Baltimore. They're better in Baltimore. Man, nah, man, we're going to run up that scoreboard on y'all when we play y'all. Come on now. You got to get there first. You got to get there first. All right, so, uh, yeah, here's a uh, here's a lesson for uh, for the producers here. I know we've got a new dude here. I think Yang had to step up and in. But when somebody starts dropping F-bombs, like, hey, listen, I don't care. I can go all night. And fortunately, we can edit these things, but... But, uh, yeah, yeah, you've got to hop in here. Like, I can't do everything myself here, guys. You know what I mean? I, I, you know, I used to do this, actually, and I loved it. It was the best. And, in fact, 
We had a seven-second delay as well, so I could swear back, right? So sometimes people would swear, and I'd get mad, and I knew I could drop it, except they told me, they were like, dude, like the manager told me one night, he goes, listen, I was driving home after the hockey game, and I heard your show. And he goes, the whole show is just one big seven-second delay. He goes, like, every caller, every everything. He goes, you, the callers. He goes, it's like, he goes, you're getting a little attached to that delay because I knew there was literally a seven-second delay, right? So it was like, and I, much like right now, you know what I mean? I like to be in control of things, but we can't be, right? We're all in different cities. We can't be. But in the old days, we used to have the phone, and I could hang up on people. Right, like I'd have the old school numbers like buzzing and I would go. I'd be like, all right, we're going to call her, boom. And I'd hit the call and I'd decide everything. And the second I didn't like the call, boom, I could drop the guy, right? And it was handy because I could get the last word in if I wanted to. <laughs> like, so I could say something and then boom, hang up on the guy. Now, it's like, I don't know. I think Yang had to run up the stairs from the bathroom or something. And Mateus was uh, you know, AWOL. All right. I knew, listen, I knew I knew what we were getting ourselves into considering he called back so many times. He was very eager to get on. <laughs> he was very eager to get on. I enjoyed the call, though, but uh, Yang, mark that down. Uh, mark that down. See, that's what happens. You go to the phone lines at the late night hours, although I actually enjoyed it. It's, it, it shows that there's freaks out there listening. <laughs> Yang's on top of things. Good job, Yang. Good, good job. Uh, um, we, we, we appreciate it. All right. Note to self, don't take calls. Now I want to go. Now I really want to bet on Cleveland. <laughs> now, now, now I really want to bet on Cleveland. I see Big Will says, that's Don on the phone. Yeah, no, you know what? We're good, Will. We're good. Because we have our own delay system in place. That'll all be cleaned up. <laughs> so so people people will hear the call and just sort of like, um, you know, they'll be like, oh, yeah, buddy must have started swearing and stuff. I don't know why he had to take a shot at the Bills. I don't know what the Bills did to him. Buffalo are better in Baltimore. I don't know, I don't know what you want me to tell you. They are. <laughs> they, you know I mean? they just are. Yet, like I said, the desperation factor, the desperation factor of the um, of the Baltimore Ravens concerns me. It does. They get Mark Andrews back as well. This is a tough game, man. This is a tough game. Cleveland are really playing good football right now. The thing with Cleveland is Cleveland are able to run the ball down your throat, right? And are they going to be able to do that successfully against the Baltimore Ravens? Can they just knock the Ravens off the line of scrimmage like they're doing to everybody? And can Baker Mayfield can Baker Mayfield step up and win a big game like this? Like I said, it's not the Buffalo Bills. The Bills have been on, you know, the Bills were on Thanksgiving last year. The Bills have been in the playoffs two of the last three years. Like the Bills have been in big games over the last couple of years. And they're still learning to win. Like, the Cleveland Browns, this is a new thing for them. Like, they've kind of flown under the radar so far this year. They haven't been on TV in a little while. You know what I mean? Their schedule has been manageable. Um, the Tennessee win was nice, but they've beaten a few bad teams along the way. 
this is a step up in class for the Cleveland Browns. It is. I get the feeling that they're up to the task. This is a really good game. You know, at least like we at least we've had some decent primetime games uh, right now. At least we'd have some decent primetime games. Uh, so I was talking about the Buffalo Bill and the Denver game. And interesting, guys, we've got Saturday football this week. Pretty cool. So Monday night football, Baltimore minus three at Cleveland, total 45 and a half. Um, Thursday night football, Raiders minus three against the Chargers, 54 and a half. The Buffalo Bills are at Denver on Saturday. I think that's an NFL network game. Uh, one of those Saturday added game type of deals. Buffalo at Denver, Buffalo minus five and a half. No total right now. And on Saturday night, Carolina at Green Bay. Carolina are sacrificial lambs against the Green Bay Packers on Saturday night. Bears get three and a half against Dan Bailey and the Vikings. Good job, Bailey. I don't have your money. Oh, oh, oh. I don't have your money. It's in Yang's house. Ian Cameron steps up and in. Late night anger management class continues. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Late night anger management class continues. I am Gable Morenci. It's time to throw it down with Ian Cameron with a rare sports rage Sunday bloody Sunday appearance uh, but i wanted to check in with our main man babano and see how sunday treated him and get his opinions on the early lines because babano is always telling us about the great numbers uh, that he gets so we're going to ask him the college football conference championship games which game should we move on but we're going to get into monday night uh, football as well big game between the ravens and the browns how you doing babano doing good gabe good to be with you so how did uh, week 14 uh, treat you uh, this afternoon Oh, it didn't start well at all. I mean, it was absolutely a terrible early slate. We had the Tennessee-Jacksonville over. Uh, we had a couple overs that didn't come close. Minnesota-Tampa Bay. I think I can single-handedly blame Dan Bailey and his ineptitude kicking the football today uh, as a big reason why I lost that one. Uh, Miami did get a late field goal, though, thank goodness, uh, to get the uh, Dolphins plus the points home. But wasn't a great start. Finished better, though. We had the over in the uh, Colts-Raiders game. Uh, that was a cushion the blow. So we, we ended with the late games. Detroit plus the points cashed in. So it was a better finish to the day. And certainly uh, I was down today, but it could have been a lot worse if not for the late games. You know, Babano, I don't, I don't like blaming a single player. And I don't like blaming kickers. Uh, kickers get a lot of the blame all the time. And, you know, a kicker will miss an extra point and everybody flips out. Yet a DB will get torched and burnt on a play and nobody bats an eyelash, right? But I get it. They have one job. But like you, Babano, listen, dude, I had the Minnesota Vikings plus seven. I had a, I had the game teased to the over uh, as well. And I took an in-game over in the game, all of which, Babano, all, of, all three of those plays would have hit if not for Dan Bailey's uselessness, bro. Like, uselessness. Three missed field goals and an extra point. That's 10 points. Babano, like... They should have been winning. They should have been winning like 13 to 6, and instead they were down 17 to 6. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? At the half. Like, it was unbelievable. 
Like, and Dan Bailey screwed them last week. They won the game against Jacksonville last week with battle. But because of Dan Bailey, they were chasing all the time. He kept missing extra points. And they were always down weird. Oh, we need a touchdown, even though we shouldn't. But we do. We're down four. We're down five because of Bailey. You know, you're a team trying to make the playoffs. You can't have this type of ineptness, Babano. And it sucks. You know, it was a good pick, bro. Minnesota, I thought, and listen, I can't say it was the right side because we both lost. And, you know, I had the over two with the teaser. But, you know, how are you going to cap that some jerk-off kicker is going to miss, like, that many kicks? You know, usually, Gabe, it's a game. Uh, it's usually two or three games minimum that you need to see a kicker really struggle and not perform to the level you expect from him. And that's not, it's usually that is what it takes for grounds for maybe being cut. But that was so bad today, this one-game performance from Dan Bailey. And we saw him basically go in the tank with Dallas, you know, a few years ago, which is why they eventually let him go. It was just so bad today, Morency, and it was such an important game for the Vikings that you just might have to make a move to maybe replace him at kicker, Mike Zimmer, even after just one bad day. Actually, last week, he had some issues as well. Uh, against Jacksonville so you know if, if he's not you know walking a thin line after today uh, I don't know when he will be but that was a dismal performance from their kicker and it's unfortunate for a Vikings team that can't afford mistakes of that magnitude at this part of the season you know Babano won game and we I, I'm not gonna you know we had some luck today and I don't know if it's luck it's because the games are 60 minutes they're three and a half hours but we had some backdoor covers that went our way. We had some late points uh, that helped us get uh, to the over with late, like New Orleans and uh, Philadelphia. Not a lot of people like the over of that game, but I decided to think outside the box, and it looked like I was going to end up in a box for most of the day. <laughs> but a late touchdown by the Saints uh, gets the game over the number. Yet the Tennessee-Jacksonville game frustrated me as well. And I'm frustrated because... I took a Mike Lennon prop, which is the stupidest thing. Like, any, whatever you did today, Babano, your worst pick, it wasn't as stupid as betting on Mike Lennon over one-and-a-half touchdown passes. But, as you know, Jacksonville's offense usually moves the ball. They're pretty good, actually. And Mike Lennon's played well the last couple of weeks. That's That was my first mistake. Well, my first mistake was betting on Mike Lennon, but my second was expecting him to do it three weeks in a row. Yet you look at this game, and then I missed out on an in-game over today. It was 38-and-a-half in-game, and it was slow starting out, Babano. And I told Joe Lisi, I said, this game's going to open up, man. It's got to open up. It's got to open up. And it went over to 38-and-a-half, and I didn't pull the trigger on it. But I lost my QB prop, and Jacksonville just couldn't get going today. If Jacksonville put some points up on the board, that game goes over. Frustrating because Tennessee secondary was a, just in a disastrous way injury-wise. I mean, Adoree Jackson hasn't played all year. The guy taking his spot, Breon Borders, got hurt, didn't play. Kenny Vaccaro, the safety, was out today for the Titans as well. This should have been a matchup where Mike Glennon can pick apart an ailing secondary, but unfortunately Mike Glennon transformed back into the Mike Glennon we know today uh, and didn't play well. Minshew ended up replacing him. Uh, and I, I was debating all week, Marenzi, do I put more money on the over? Do I put more money on Tennessee? Because I did figure after the embarrassment against Cleveland, Mike Vrabel sort of read them the riot act, especially for their defense. And their defense did play a lot better today against Jacksonville, and they won that game convincingly, a bounce-back game from the Titans after obviously not being pleased with the way they played against the Browns. You know what? Uh, we did win a lot of games, but nobody wants, nobody likes a bragger. People like hearing about the losses and, you know, uh, misery misery loves company, uh, right? And for me, Babano, the game, 
And I guess I shouldn't be shocked, but I guess I, you know, I would say this, that, you know, because some of my other losses, listen, I had the over in the Chargers game with the Falcons. Am I shocked they didn't get there? No. I'm not surprised that Matt Ryan's useless. They're going to have to do something about him moving forward, bro. Like, next year's got to be his last year. Like, he's he's done. You, you know, he really is. Like, his, he's just, he's, he's at the end of the line right now, Matt Ryan. But the game of Bano that surprised me the most that I was on the wrong side of Washington and San Francisco. I thought San Francisco would win this football game. And, I, you know, whatever, they lose the game. Not shocked, but they weren't in it. They got dominated. Washington dominated them. And, you know, there is something to it, Babano, too. Even though there's no fans, when you uproot yourself, like, dude, I was just in the Bay Area. It's unique. You know what I mean? It's like it's windy. It's cold. It's just it's different. I know they're in Santa Clara now, but they're playing at home. They're, and, you know, suddenly, oh, we're playing our home games in Arizona. It's definitely taken something away from them. But just flat today, and I guess we give credit to Washington. Uh, Babano, Washington played well, went in there and won a football game. And Ron Rivera's done a hell of a job because Alex Smith gets hurt, Dwayne Haskins replaces him, and there's opportunities for the Niners to get back into that football game, a game that was really sabotaged by Nick Mullins today for the Niners. He was absolutely atrocious. The pick six was almost an yeah. unforgivable decision. It was a terrible decision, <laughs> terrible read to throw that football into the flat where he wasn't even a receiver within five yards. And it was really the, game, the, the, the nail on the coffin for the Niners. Uh, and Washington, give them credit, and Ron Rivera's done an outstanding job. They can absolutely win that division. Probably them or the Giants, although the Eagles with that big win and Jalen Hurts giving them a little shot in the arm, uh, that doesn't hurt them whatsoever. A uh, team that got hurt today was the Las Vegas Raiders. And I guess, you know, getting blown out in a no-show by Atlanta and barely beating the Jets, eventually when you have those kind of, you know, malaise type of performances, you're going to pay the price for it at some point. They did today against the Colts as they get romped 44-27. So Las Vegas on the outside looking in, 7-6 and six behind Miami, who has the last of the three AFC wildcard spots at 8-5. and five. So clock's ticking on John Gruden and company there in Las Vegas. You know what? That was another win that we had today with the Indianapolis Colts. And I usually, I don't run to my computer normally. People always say run run to our computer there's no window for me to run at right right now so but i normally don't i don't run you know i don't run and say oh, i want to get a piece of philip rivers and the colts but the fact is Ian, they win games they're winning football games the fact is they have a good defense i know they gave up points today but they can make plays on defense frank reich is one of the better coaches in the national football league his play calling is good uh, they have good running backs jonathan taylor's you know he struggled a bit but he gets it um you know, they, their offensive line is one of the best in the business. They're getting healthier in their offensive line right now. Yeah, you know, they've got Phillip Rivers, but, yeah, they've also won nine football games, Babano. You know, the Colts are in the mix. Like, the Colts are not an easy team to play. I, I like them a lot today. I put more on this game because, quite frankly, I think the Raiders are just, you know, I think the Raiders are running out of gas. The Raiders are running out of gas. And I, I came across a number before kickoff today of a battle that was the Raiders were 9-17 and 17 in the second halves of seasons over the last two years against the spread, or last three years. You know what I mean? Like, you know, in the second half of the year, they start to hit the wall. And we've seen this from the Raiders a couple of times where they get off to these hot starts and people think they're pretty good, and, and they're really not. And I think that's the reality with, uh, with Las Vegas right now.
We're going to see in the offseason, Marenzi, and we're going to see this with Mike McCarthy in Dallas, too, who has Mike Nolan as his defensive coordinator. John Gruden has Paul Gunther as his defensive coordinator in Las Vegas. And they're buddies. They're close. They're good friends, these two guys. Nolan with McCarthy, Gruden with Gunther. But at some point, you know, your defenses have been terrible this year, both of them. Las Vegas, that's what's held them back all year. They have no pass rush. The secondary has had trouble covering receivers down the field. And it's consistently bit them and hurt them. And it did again today against the Colts. So these are coaches that I know you're friends with Nolan, McCarthy. And I know Gruden has been, you know, close with Paul Gunther for a very long time. But you think you got to think coordinator changes might be uh, needed in both of those with both of those teams. Well, we just mentioned the Chargers. Uh, Chargers get the win 2017 against the Falcons. Um, but that's the Thursday night game, actually, this week. The Chargers and the Raiders. Wow. Yay. <laughs> hey, we're treated to a Chargers and a Raiders tilt. Uh, I tell you what, though, looking at the number right now, I'm not in a hurry to lay three and a half points with the Raiders, Babano. Uh, the, the Chargers are erratic, but still, I'm not ready to lay three and a half points with the Raiders. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's difficult. And my mantra in the NFL uh, is laying points with a bad defense is not necessarily something I'm excited to do. We know the Chargers have had issues, but they finally won a close game today. It was ugly. It wasn't pretty. But beating Atlanta 20 to 17. Yeah, they've got you know, talent. They've yeah. got talent. It's not like they don't have talent. They've, you know, the wheels often, you know, sometimes just fall off for teams. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll be back with more NFL and college football talk with Bob Bano. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Sports Rage Late Night continues. I am Gabe Morenci. We're talking pigskin uh, right now. Maybe we'll get a little college basketball talk in, but we're in such a uh, football frame of mind, and what a week of football that we have coming up, uh, guys. Uh, NFL, the playoff picture is starting to get real uh, right now. There's a lot of good uh, football teams in the National Football League, so the playoffs are going to be really cool. And it's conference championship uh, week in college of football uh, as well. So I want to take a look at some of these numbers uh, with you, actually, Babano, and get your initial thoughts on these uh, conference championship game point spreads, uh, at least the ones that we have uh, right now. And there's some pretty big numbers and some, and some interesting uh, ones, and we should have some good football games. Let's start off uh, with the Big Ten championship. Ohio State, people question them. Uh, they're laying 20 and a half against Northwestern, Babano. We're not asking you for picks right now, but just your initial impressions of these games uh, and point spreads. So Buckeyes open as a 20 and a half point favorites. My initial impression is Northwestern's defense has been pretty darn good this year. And the question is, are they good enough? And they've, they've neutralized Wisconsin, a couple of decent Big Ten teams, Big Ten offenses this year. Uh, they've held in there and got, and really been solid on that side of the ball against the run, against the pass. But you're diff you are facing a different level of speed, athlete, of course, quality of recruit, and just the skill position talent that Ohio State has. Justin Fields, dual threat quarterback, a very, very strong offensive line. Is Northwestern capable of holding up in this kind of situation? But I'll tell you what, Pat Fitzgerald and Northwestern getting this many points here is always of interest to me. My initial lean is Northwestern. The one issue is a lot of those defensive 
performances for Northwestern, Gabe, as I mentioned, they haven't come against the kind of explosiveness yeah. and speed that Ohio State brings. But I'm telling you what, I wouldn't lay the points with Ohio State because I still think their defense, Ohio State's a little overrated, and Peyton Ramsey can do enough, I think, maybe to get Northwestern some points and maybe sneak inside the number. I'm leaning to the dog there in that game as of now. Just a quick, uh, for a quick reference check, they did play last year. Ohio State won 52-3. to The year before, in 2018, Ohio State won 45-24. to And uh, they hadn't played since 2016, which would sort of be irrelevant now. And I'd say these last two, but I just wanted to sort of, you know what it's like in college football. It's like sometimes, oh, yeah, these guys, like, they kill the same team all the time or whatever. So... Just, just throwing it out there right now. It's 20 and a half. All right, but Ben, it's been some live movement uh, here. I was seeing, I was seeing some four and a halfs, unless I'm crazy. But I know you're good at uh, seeing these opening numbers all the time. What weren't uh, Oklahoma in the four and a half range? They're up to six and a half now. They were, and they have been bet up a little bit. And I don't know. People see this as revenge because Oklahoma lost uh, in Ames, Iowa, back in October, 37-30 uh, to Iowa State. And funny enough, they haven't lost since then. Uh, Oklahoma finishing the season six and zero straight up five yep. and one uh, against the spread. It's been a great run for Oklahoma, and I'll tell you what this this team has not played very good defense for the most part under Lincoln Riley since his tenure began. But they're playing their best defense I've seen it, an Oklahoma team play in a long time. You look at the last few games. Okay, Kansas throw it out because it's Kansas, but you hold Oklahoma State to thirteen points, Baylor yep. to fourteen points. This defense is getting a whole lot better. And Iowa State's got an offense this year. The tight end's phenomenal. Brock Purdy, the quarterback's had a really good year. This number's creeping up, and I understand Oklahoma's on fire, straight up, ATS, revenge. But this is a Big 12 championship. That's not enough to get me to the window to Oklahoma. I will not go against Matt Campbell in the underdog role. He's been too good catching points in his career. I would only look to the Cyclones now as a dog. That's a very good point that you raised. Now, we also, though, Babano, this is a classic. It's also the revenge spot, as you mentioned. Oklahoma have been on quite a run. After that game, they played Texas, and there's been no turning back uh, since then. So Iowa State uh, beat them 37-30 earlier in the year. Can, can, will, can Matt Campbell beat Lincoln Riley and the Sooners twice outright in the same year, though? That's the that's the ultimate question. I think this is the best Iowa State team he's had. It really is. And it's been and I think the quarterback play, Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy has had more of a run game to rely on in past seasons than this year. He's doing it with his arm this year. The passing game has really come together. This is an explosive offense. I think we have to talk about Iowa State in that regard. They've scored 30 points or more in almost every single game this season. Iowa State. This is now an explosive offense to go with what's been a pretty good defense throughout Campbell's tenure. I think they're in this game. I know Oklahoma's playing great and they, they want to avenge the loss, but Iowa State, there's that real camaraderie with this team. Matt Campbell was in tears the other when they clinched the Big 12 title game birth. Yeah. Uh, you know, just knowing what a job he's done and what, what a project it's been to get Iowa State into this position where they're competing for a Big 12 championship. They're going to give it their all, and their all might be enough to not only hang in this game, Gabe, but win outright. You know what? I'll tell you what. He's a big-time coach, and he will be a big-time coach moving forward. I was a fan of his in the old days in the MAC at Toledo. He was really young, too. He was the youngest coach in NCAA football at the time. I think he was 30, 31 type thing. He's still, like, young. But he was, he was the youngest coach in college football. He did very well with the Toledo Rockets. Then he goes to Iowa State. We've seen what he's built in Ames right now. 
and two places, Babano, that blue chips aren't exactly lining up to go play, right? You know what I mean? He limited talent in the MAC, then goes to Iowa State. Big 12 talent, but you're challenged uh, recruiting compared to other places. So I look at Matt Campbell as a guy, I think he could coach in the NFL. I think he's like just a good football coach. And I think, you know, since he's young enough, he could relate with NFL players. Like, I think you're better off with a younger coach nowadays than an old, one of the old dudes that can't relate, right? So and Matt Campbell, his name's coming up from Michigan uh, often too if, um, if, if Jim Harbaugh uh, moves on or gets I'll let go or whatever I'll happens there. I'll give you one example, Gabe, of why Matt Campbell really is that good of a coach. It was so easy after beating Texas, 23-20. You know, you clinched the Big 12 title game yeah, appearance yeah. after that win. It was so easy in the West Virginia game they played this past weekend, or I should say last week, to say, you know what, we've already clinched the Big 12 title game. You know, maybe we'll just gloss past West Virginia. They put the boots to West Virginia, 42-6, to completely shut down the Mountaineers. Their offense went up and down the field against a pretty good West Virginia defense. And to put 42 on them and outgain them by 220 yards is impressive. That tells me, Gabe, Campbell's got this team ready to go for this Big 12 title game. I, I, to me, I would only take the points. I'm an Iowa State believer here, uh, even though Oklahoma's playing their best football. You know what? I'm not like Notre Dame's biggest fan, but I think they're getting disrespected. And like I said, I didn't plan on breaking. We want to. I want to get to the Monday nighter as well. But Joe, I'm just saying, people sort of, oh, and Clemson are going to beat them. And then what happens? Do we go to another? You know, they both get in, or do, oh, if Clemson blows them out, what happens, etc. Yeah, well, what if Notre Dame beats Clemson again? Which they really could. You know, you and I have talked about it. Quarterback play wasn't the reason Clemson lost that game. The kid was rock solid, man. The first play of overtime, he threw a 25-yard touchdown pass. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, the kid was rock solid, the quarterback for Clemson. I don't know. Maybe you could say something would have been different with Trevor Lawrence. I Yeah, I don't know. Like, Clemson scored 38 points, and the kid was good. Notre Dame's better than people give him credit for, I believe. There's always that people are worried about Notre Dame in big games, but we saw they played well in a big game against Clemson, and it's not the same Notre Dame team from past years. This team has speed. They're mean. They're nasty. This Notre Dame team. They're smash mouth. Uh, Clemson laying 10 and a half. Neutral field in Charlotte, Babano. This number feels high to me. It really does. Yeah, Clemson, it's, it's tough for me to bet against Clemson here, but I agree. I don't know if I'd want to lay this many points. I think Clemson wins, but I'm not comfortable laying this many points. Kyron Williams running the football great for Notre Dame. Ian Book, to me, is not only that he's throwing the ball well, but he's running it. He's willing runner way more than he was in the past. You're seeing him keep the ball, make plays with his legs every single week now for Notre Dame. That's been a difference maker. Uh, the Notre Dame defense, the thing that makes me leery, too, about laying this many points, and remember, they're playing Lawrence this time, not DJ, but again, DJ moved the ball uh, against Notre Dame. They couldn't stop Notre Dame. They'll face Lawrence this time. But to me, I can't get the Notre Dame defensive performance they had against North Carolina out of my mind. They shut down North Carolina. We just saw North Carolina hang, yeah. what, 62 uh, yeah. against Miami on Saturday. That was an unreal defensive performance. And if Notre Dame brings anything close to that here, they could hang within this number. This is a tricky one for me because I don't really love going against Clemson. I've been lost to Notre Dame earlier this year. But I hear your point that it, it's a lot of points to be laying here. Yeah, it's just not, you know, considering it's Notre Dame, they're not getting, I think, like I said, I think it, the reputation of them getting smoked in title games or, or playoff games, et cetera, 
you know, lingers over them. But I'm telling you, it's not the same Irish team. You know, uh, I spoke with Steve Merrill on Friday, and there was an advanced number for Alabama and Florida, and it was 12 and a half, 13, 13 and a half. And I said I thought it was too low. I said I thought the number would be 16 and a half. All it took is for a kid to throw his shoe on Florida, Babano, and then for them to lose <laughs> to get to the 16 and a half. But here we are at 16 and a half. And then you get Tulsa and Cincinnati, then they shut down the game over the weekend, and probably cool, you know, whatever. They're playing each other again anyways. So uh, Tulsa's getting 14 and a half points in this football game. 14 and a half points against Cincinnati. What do you make of uh, those numbers? Tulsa have been so good uh, this year and battled. I think Alabama killed Florida. I think they're going to murder Florida. But what do you think of the Tulsa-Cincinnati uh, number two? Tulsa's defense is good enough to hang in there against Desmond Ritter and the Bearcats offense. There's no question. Because Cincinnati, to be honest with you, they've they've been really good offensively, but they haven't faced a great amount of def quality defenses. Tulsa has that. But my issue with Tulsa is on the offensive side because Zach Smith, to me, has not really progressed and gotten better to the level that I was hoping. And he's going up against uh, an outstanding yeah. Cincinnati defense, a lockdown secondary. That's the strength of the defense. Uh, believe it or not, this is the one that could be the lower-scoring game of the bunch. I, I would lean under here, uh, lean to Tulsa, but nothing strong, but lean dog and under right now for me. Ian Cameron, a.k.a. Bob Bano, getting ready for a big week of football this week, and you can follow him on Twitter, Sports Pub uh, Radio, The Football Frenzy, YouTube, and everywhere else in between. And, of course, he'll be back with us on, on Wednesday night. Uh, with the raging redhead Cam Stewart, who's feeling better. So we've got we've got about uh, two minutes or so, Babano. Um, Browns and Ravens. I hear a lot of people not buying into the Browns. Oh, I, you know, they're the Browns. I'm not, you know, wait and see, wait and see. I've been riding them and making money on them over the last month. What's your take on the Monday Nighter? See, I think Baltimore's undervalued because of the injuries, the COVID issues, the struggles they've had. They finally got off the schneid with the win against Dallas. I know it's Dallas, but it was they, they took care of business. They're getting healthier in this game, which is good. And they might be undervalued because of that. I lean to Baltimore, but there are still some key absences. I don't like this injury report in the secondary where uh, Jimmy Smith might miss the game again for the Ravens, as well as Tremont Williams. I mean, that could be, you know, two of your top cornerbacks out. You're still probably without Calais Campbell along the defensive line uh, in this game as well. But you get Mark Andrews back. And from a player props perspective, you yeah. better believe I'm looking Mark Andrews in this game if he indeed plays. The Browns are terrible at defending tight ends. They've been terrible against tight ends all season long. I believe Andrews in the first game against Cleveland had five catches and two touchdowns and almost 100 yards receiving. You better believe from a prop standpoint, Mark Andrews over receptions, receiving yards, the touchdown score prop, definitely things I'm looking at. Look at Babano busting out the props. I like it, Babano. You're right. And it's the thing. Lamar doesn't really have a lot of people to throw, throw to to begin with, right? And Andrews is just that guy for him. So I, li I like that call a lot. Just for the record, so they played, they've already played, they played earlier this year and Baltimore smoked them. It was actually the first uh, week of the season. It was the opening uh, opening day. So it's 38-6, and they beat them last year, 31-15. Cleveland did beat them last year, actually, if you guys recall. It's one of the few games Cleveland won last year. They won earlier in the year, 40-25. to And Cleveland, similar to what we were talking about with Notre Dame, the Cleveland Browns are a better football team than the general public give them credit for. I credit uh, Stefanski for doing the job that he's done with Baker Mayfield uh, as well. Follow Ian Cameron on Twitter, at 
Babano. Uh, Babano, thanks for stepping up in the late night hours on Sports Rage Sunday. Always a pleasure, my man. Thanks, Marenzi. Have a good one. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Three-minute warning, level three. Because 180 minutes in sports uh, lives up to the name uh, once again this evening. All right, thanks to Yang, thanks to Mateus uh, for getting it done uh, here this evening. Always an adventure when we go to the phone lines. Note to self, don't take calls from Baltimore anymore. <laughs> if he really was from Baltimore. Um, but that's besides uh, the point. Uh, fun show this evening. Thanks to Joe Lisi for joining us and Bob Bano uh, for stepping up and in as well. All right, I want to blast through these numbers, man. Time always flies by, but of course, Paul Bovey will step up and in on the Monday night meltdown. George Kurtz uh, and to be determined. So a Baltimore minus three at Cleveland, 45 and a half. Thursday night football, the Raiders minus three, total 54 and a half. Saturday afternoon of football, Buffalo Bills minus five and a half at Denver. No total posted yet. Green Bay Packers on Saturday night host Carolina. Minus eight and a half, 51 and a half. The NFL likes those holiday Saturday games. Chicago Bears, three and a half point underdogs at Minnesota on Sunday. Total 46. Uh, Detroit Lions get nine and a half at Tennessee. No total posted right now. Indianapolis Colts, minus seven. Total 52 and a half hosting Houston. Baltimore Ravens minus 12 and a half against Jacksonville. No total posted. Uh, Miami Dolphins minus two and a half against the visiting New England Patriots. Total 42 and a half. San Francisco 49ers minus one and a half at the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys team coming off a win and still has a puncher's chance at the division title. Although Washington's in the driver's seat. San Francisco minus one and a half. Total 45 and a half. Speaking of Washington, they host Seattle. And Seattle are four and a half point uh, favorites. Totals 43 and a half. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, four-and-a-half-point road favorites at Atlanta, 51-and-a-half. The New York Jets take on the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams are rolling, and now the Rams get the Jets to pad another win here. Rams are minus 17, total 44-and-a-half. Jalen Hurts, ooh, Jalen Hurts versus Kyler Murray, interesting. Philadelphia plus six at Arizona. I like the Eagles plus the six. I think that number will come down. Total 48-and-a-half. Wow, the Chiefs and the Saints. Chiefs minus four, total 51. Browns at the Giants, minus four and a half. And the Pittsburgh Steelers are minus 12 and a half at Cincinnati. There's your week 15 line check. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. <laughs> <laughs> 